since the 11th of September 2022. Just been chanting, um, developing the recollection of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. Recollecting and reciting the Dhamma that the Buddha taught well already. And one of the things that he taught about was the cultivation of mindfulness, developing this meditation subject of anapanasati, mindfulness over the breath. And this is an object which is appropriate for all character types, whether they're of the disposition that leans towards lust or anger or delusion or faith or wisdom, um, this cultivation of mindfulness over the breath is appropriate for them. So when we know the breath, have mindfulness over the breath, and then this develops the seven factors for awakening as well. So there's mindfulness, we have faith to develop this anapanasati, and then when we do that, our mindfulness gets better, it grows. And then we have Dhamma Vijaya, this investigation of qualities of the Dhamma. Samadhi becomes well established, wisdom arises, joy appears in the heart, this joy that's a factor for awakening. And then there's effort, this virya, this effort for awakening, for knowing the Dhamma. And then pasati, uh, peace of mind, the serenity. And in the end, there's equanimity which appears. It's equanimity, it's upeka, it's a factor for awakening. And so these are the seven bojangas, the seven factors for awakening. And when they have full energy, um, then you develop the maga, this path. So the wings for awakening, um, they are the four foundations of mindfulness, the four right exertions, the four bases for spiritual power, the five faculties, uh, the five powers, the seven factors for awakening in this noble eightfold path. And these are the dhammas which give rise to knowledge, which allow us to enter into wisdom and vimuti, liberation. So may all of us give rise to the inspiration to practice these, having this energy of heart. And just like how we gain the inspiration and energy to offer food to the monks, we're able to do that due to our inspiration. We may feel like we just like to stay at home and lie in bed, but there's that energy there which inspires us to go out and offer food. And we find the time and opportunity to do that. And for those people who do that frequently, then there's a happiness which fills up the heart. 
making food to offer to the monks. There's a great happiness that comes from that. And then finding the time and opportunity to take the precepts and stay in the monastery. Perhaps each lunar observance day once a week. Maybe for a period of three days or four days can stay in practice at the monastery. Or maybe seven days, fifteen days. Or some people they have the time and they can practice for a month. And they're able to do this due to the inspiration in their hearts. And that's able to oppose the delusion there, the delusion which pulls us and stops us from giving rise to goodness. And because that delusion that wants us to stay stuck in the cycle of samsara going between birth and death. But really this delusion, vijja, it doesn't have a self, and it's something that is able to disappear. And when vijja, knowledge, arises, then avijja, this delusion or ignorance, disappears. It's finished. If we're going to talk about it another way, in terms of dhamma, we can say that it's still there, but it doesn't have any effect over the mind, due to the mindfulness and wisdom in the heart. So it's like light. If there's a bright light that shines, then darkness goes. But that darkness, it hasn't disappeared, it hasn't been destroyed. And then when that light diminishes, then the darkness appears again. So we need to give rise to knowledge. Give rise. In order for that, we need samadhi. We need for these seven factors of awakening to be complete. So we may study about these seven factors, but really, in the practice, There's not all these different kinds of things. If we have a lot of mindfulness, or sorry, just have great mindfulness. So it's like how Venerable Ajahn Chah would teach. And you would say to bow a lot in order to abandon conceit and cultivate mindfulness. So we tell the monks that when they go into their hearts, then they should bow first. When they're going to leave, then they should bow before they leave. And they go back into the heart, then bow again. To bow, to bow frequently, in order to put down conceit, cultivate mindfulness. All the duties and tasks that we engage in, we should have a lot of mindfulness while we're doing that, and we can do them mindfully. So like if we're cooking, can we be mindfulness? Why can we be mindful while cooking? Well we can. And what about cleaning, sweeping, mopping, washing? We're able to be mindful with all those activities. So we should bring up the sincerity to be very mindful until joy arises. So May we be firm in this, in this cultivation of mindfulness. So developing this when we sit in meditation, bringing our hearts to stability and firmness, 
and they're able to be firm due to mindfulness. So let be mindful of the breath. On the in-breath we know that, the out-breath we know that, we have sati there. So we try to practice in this way. In the beginning, however, the practice is arduous. It's not easy. And all people who practice, they want mindfulness and they want firm samadhi because they want wisdom. You want to know what emptiness is like. So like we hear just how good it is to be a sotapanna, to be a stream entra. They've seen the Dhamma already, and so they attain to that state. And they're not able to fall into the lower realms, those of deprivation, not able to go to hell. And we hear just how much suffering it is in those states. And like the heat of a hundred or even a thousand suns can't compare with hellfire. And so it's just a lot of suffering there, great torture in that state. In practitioners, we don't want to go there. But if we haven't yet achieved Marga or Pala, the paths or the fruitions, if we haven't yet attained a state of awakening, a sotapanna or above, then we still have a chance to go to these lower realms. But whatever the case, we should just take it now, just take this opportunity now and use that, develop mindfulness, so that we can see the truth of all physical and mental things, how they're anicca, dukkha, anatta, how they're changing and suffering and not self. But we also need to keep our cool as well, to not be impatient, but to practice um, with a sense of ease and patience. Because some people are very hot-hearted, they really want to get these things to become but that's opposed to the Dhamma. Because in Dhamma we need to abandon craving. And sotapanas, they don't kind of be these things. That if there's craving there for a sotapanna, that we may be a sotapanna in terms of craving. But to be a sotapanna in terms of Dhamma, then we need to abandon. We need to abandon the things that we have, these wrong views that are deeply embedded in our hearts. Like when the body feels at ease, then we understand that I am at ease. When the body is inflicted by illness, then we understand I am sick. But the sickness, is it in the body or is it in the mind? There's sickness there, but we feel that illness in the mind first, and we attach to the body as being me. But if we have wisdom, and we see that it's just a body, it's just natural for the body to change, for it to get ill. After all, these bodies are a nest of sickness, and so it's natural for them to be this way. So whatever the body's going to be, then it's just that way. But we don't allow the heart to be that as well. This illness may consume the body, 
but we don't allow it to eat our hearts. And so the mind is free in this state, seeing that the body is just a body, feelings are just feelings. If sickness comes up, and then we try to fix that, not allow the body to break apart. So when we develop this anapanasati, and then the mind gets brought into peace, and from that we can contemplate in order to see with clarity. So we know the breath, the in-breath, the out-breath, on the in-breath bud, we recite on the out-breath do, until this word buddho just disappears by itself. And then we know this breath and it becomes more and more subtle. There's vitaka, vichara, this initial application and sustained application of the mind. And then there's joy and happiness that arises. And the mind becomes quiet and still. And it gets drawn into one point. This one-pointedness of the object and one-pointedness of mind. And it's still here. So if we can talk about samadhi, then we can talk about the first jhana. <coughs> and then when reaches the second jhana, then vitaka, vichara, go. And there's this joy and happiness. And then the joy goes, that's third jhana. And then fourth jhana is just upeka. And these states of samadhi, um, they're appropriate for the developing of vipassana, of insight. So therefore, for us, we need to set our hearts on this practice in this life, persisting in it, training ourselves. And we carry on doing that until we get there. Because the opportunity that we have now is good. You can walk meditation, sit meditation, constantly developing our mindfulness, really be sincere in doing this and not being heedless, using this opportunity well. Because the time that we have now is of great value. So really all of you should be using that well, be sincere in that. And in the end the mind gathers together becomes firm, well-established, it turns to equanimity, this factor for awakening of equanimity, seeing the arising and ceasing of all fabricated things, and the mind becomes equanimous due to its wisdom. Sila, samadhi and panya, as virtue, collectedness and wisdom gather together, the path um, comes to a state of harmony, and we see the Dhamma. So we may study these things, study the theory of them and the scriptures, but when practicing we need to put this down and develop mindfulness. And then we will understand the Dhamma. We will understand what the Buddha taught in, uh, progressively. In the beginning, however, the practice can be very chaotic. But when we're able to do it, and we're able to gain peace, then we don't have any doubts. The fact that we're still doubting is because 
of a lack of peace. But if there's stillness and the mind is calm, and then there won't be any doubts there. So may all of you set your hearts on this and eventually be able to change your views. Wisdom arises, liberation appears, and the mind is able to put down and abandon the world, abandon its objects, and can reach the state of lokutara, of transcendence. And it's not above our ability to reach this point if we are sincere in this. And so may you be sincere.